Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. As always, I am your host, Troy Mordiello. Uh, we'll skip the normal housekeeping tonight as we're going to kind of do a bit of an instant reaction podcast to the Legends Classic, which just wrapped up St. John's and VCU. As always, though, you can follow me on Twitter at Troy Moriello, T-R-O-Y-M-A-U-R-I-E-L-L-O. You can find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud as well for the non-iPhone users. But as I said, this is a bit of an instant reaction podcast. I just finished watching the game like all of you um, about 10 minutes ago, maybe. So I'm coming here kind of with just my quick off-the-top-of-my-head type thoughts. And then we're going to talk in a little bit with a couple people who reached out that they wanted to join the show tonight. To get right into it, though, uh, we can all again breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. It's an 87-86 win over VCU after a close win against Cal the night before. You know, and I think right off the bat I have to say... Shamori Ponds, if he is not in the conversation for player of the year, he needs to be in that conversation. He's one of the best players in the country. He has now taken over back-to-back games and really bailed out St. John's in back-to-back games that they did not look that good, that they did not play that that well. And, you know, 35 points tonight, hit 12 of 15 free throws, 11 of 25 shooting, didn't have his three-point shot, only shot one of six there, but really did it all. Uh, had a bunch of assists early, ended up with seven, seven steals for Pons as well. And he took over this game and he hit the big shot, obviously, with uh, less than five seconds to go to get them to the win. May have committed a foul on that final play. Got got a little bit lucky that it wasn't called because it definitely looked like there was some contact. But at the end of the day, they are 5-0 and they have not looked very good. But Shamori Pons has bailed them out now in two straight games in the Legends Classic um, you know, Pons was amazing tonight. I, I, he, he took over that overtime. He took over the end of the fourth quarter, just like he took over the final, you know, couple minutes against Cal the night before. So, I mean, what else can you say about Shamori Pons? We knew that this is what he was capable of coming into the season. We saw not really a glimpse of it. We saw it last year as well. Um, and he took over. You know, we expected the scoring to be a little bit more balanced this season. These last two games, at least, though, it's been mostly Pons after a little bit more balanced scoring the first three. But, um, yeah, you know, you, you can't say enough about Shamori Pons. He, he bailed them out. But Pons bailing them out does kind of save them from another really bad, what would have been a really bad loss to a VCU team that they were better than. And I know that this was a challenge for them, playing on a, on a second day of a back-to-back against a VCU team. We all know about Havoc and all that, the full-court press, creating turnovers and uh, all that good stuff. You know, it was a tough matchup. And it was tougher than the team that VCU is expected to be on paper. And VCU kind of controlled this game, and it really should have been a loss for St. John's, if not for Pons, just like Cal the night before. I mean, St. John's had a little bit more control in that game. They did fall behind pretty big in the second half, but... You know, these were two games that I think Shamori Pons really bailed out St. John's from a terrible, terrible loss on their tournament resume 
and he covers up a lot of uh, of negatives. And the first one just off the top of my head is this three-point defense. I mean, it's amazing. Year after year after year, we just can't seem to, to figure out three-point defense. It looks like it's going to be a problem again this year. VCU tonight shot, let's see, 34 three-pointers. They only they hit 13 of them, which is a fine percentage. But 34 threes, and I would venture to say at least 25 of them were open and non-contested. Um, they're switching on defense. It was a huge problem against Cal the night before. It was a pretty big problem again tonight. They don't switch. They don't close out very quickly. Uh, and sometimes they just don't. They leave a guy open. You know, it, it seemed like at least last year, the three-point defense was just let's let them shoot get open shots and we'll hope that they miss and it looks like that's kind of going to be the defense this year they need to figure that out because that's not going to fly in Biggie's play in these last two games they've really gotten by I think on um, talent alone and really on ponds alone and you know they need to improve really the three point defense if they're going to compete in Biggie's play and compete for the top of this conference which you know as you look at how this conference has shaked out in the last couple of uh, days with the you know Villanova taking a couple losses really everyone taking a couple losses but mainly Villanova it's wide open you know it's wide open right now and if you're going to take that mantle one of the things that you need to fix is three point defense because that's just not going to fly um, just some other thoughts I had uh, a lot of shots went in and out on the in the first half. It was kind of frustrating. Uh, in the first half, and really in the game, really awesome job forcing turnovers. Uh, how many did they forced in this game? 22 turnovers they forced. It was an awesome job forcing turnovers, but they didn't capitalize on a lot of them. A lot of bad uh, transition offense where they had two-on-ones, three-on-ones, and they didn't convert. Uh, the big one was, um, was it Clark, I think, late, who threw that pass away? Was it Simon? I think it was Clark who threw that pass away late. I'm sorry, this is right after the game, so I'm not really uh, as prepared as I should be. But they had a, what, a three-on-one, and they threw the ball away uh, with a chance to take the lead. And it, it seemed like they had a lot of, of fast breaks where were layup was missed or you know they got to the bass and they had to pull it out because they didn't they didn't have a have a um they didn't uh, run it correctly you know yeah but looking at uh some of the rest of the team you know besides ponds it, it was really all should worry about ponds because the rest of this team did not really have a very good game uh but starting with the positives mikey dixon man this kid has been awesome for them uh he had 10 points he hit all four of the shots that he took he had a tough basket he had he had two threes uh had a couple of rebounds as well this kid is is really going to be a spark plug for them off of the bench which is something that i think we all kind of expected we knew that he can score and he did a really really nice job tonight had 10 points um and it seemed like every game so far he's come in and hit a big three for them to kind of change up the pace change up the momentum uh i really like his game and i like what he's doing for them so far lj figueroa another huge game for him he just missed a double double 15 points nine rebounds and he had that uh, big three-point play, I believe it was in the, at the end of regulation, where he uh, got the rebound and kind of scooped it up on a nice offensive rebound. LJ has been everything that they asked him to be so far. You know, I wish that I could have come on after the Rutgers game. It was such a well-played game, but LJ had a great game there as well. Uh, looking at the negative now, Marvin Clark, he had a rough uh, Legends Classic in these two games. Didn't really have a great game. The thing that... that um, 
worries me about Marvin Clark is the one one of eight from three point range. He just he was hitting everything against Rutgers, and I think he kind of used up all of his threes in that one because he could not hit anything tonight. Um, and you know that worries me about his game because three point shooting is such a big part of Marvin Clark's of his game. And, you know, when he's not hitting threes, he kind of turns into a performance like uh, tonight. And, you know, three-point shooting is, is such a big part of St. John's games as well. They only hit six tonight, and uh, four of them were from Figueroa and from Dixon, who came off the bench. So really uh, terrible three-point shooting tonight for St. John's. Uh, Justin Simon, kind of an up-and-down game for him. He made a couple of uh, mental errors and was in foul trouble for most of the night. And, you know, I think the biggest... Uh, negative, I guess, for St. John's tonight in terms of players was unfortunately Mustafa Aaron. He did not have a very good game. Uh, fouled out, only had eight points, and four of them came from the free throw line. He was two of 12 shooting. And I, I wrote down, I said, you know, it seemed like he had so many contested shots in the lane where he was just kind of forcing a shot up against, you know, two, three defenders uh, closing in on him. You know, and I thought, you know, at some point you got to switch it up if you're Mustafa and stop trying to attack the basket because it was not working. You know, even dish the ball out or try a three-pointer maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like a lot. I want to go back and see how many of his shots were contested uh, 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 layups in the lane where he was just trying to force a shot up and get a shot in. But, yeah, um, inter- you know, that pretty much wraps up the, uh, the players. Other things I wrote down or other things I thought of, I don't know why they're playing a seven-man uh, rotation. It just doesn't make any sense to me. They have other guys that are capable on the bench, and they're only playing Mikey Dixon and Trimble off the bench. And Trimble doesn't really even give you much off the bench. You know, you saw last night he missed those a couple threes down the stretch against Cal that would have broke that game open. And I think he airballed both of them, or he airballed one of them at least. You know, Trimble's a fine player, and I I think that the jury is still out on him. I think a lot of uh, people have already written him off. But right now... He's your seventh guy, so you're really going with basically a six-man lineup right now. You're going to be in foul trouble every single game if, if you try if you try to do that. We saw the 2015 team do this, where they only played six or seven guys, and they were in foul trouble, and they were fatigued every single game, and that led to an NCAA tournament appearance. That's great, but they were so burnt out by the NCAA by the Big East and the NCAA tournament that they couldn't do anything. And I'm worried that that's going to be the case. You already saw uh, Frashilla and uh, who was it, Bob Oshusen, were already saying how how tired Shamori looked in the first half of this game. These guys, and I know that it's a back-to-back, but these guys are going to be tired. If, if Chris Mullen only plays six or seven guys. And this is the time of year where you open up your bench. I mean, uh, VCU played, let's see, 11 guys tonight. You know, you open up your bench in non-conference play because these games, they don't mean as much as the Big East play. You're still feeling out your team. Other, te- other teams are still feeling themselves out. So... You know, to only play six or seven guys, it's nice that we're winning, yes, but it, it does not bode well for the future. And I, I would caution Chris Mullen. I know he's not going to listen to me, but I'm sure we would all caution, caution Chris Mullen to stop with the with the six and the seven-man rotation and open up the bench and give some other guys some playing time. These guys seem like they're ready that aren't playing, and I, I just don't understand it. Uh, you know, just wrapping this up before we get to our uh, couple fan interviews tonight. Um... I didn't hate the last play. Uh, I thought that LJ should have went to the basket, as uh, Frischilla said. I, I I thought it was kind of creative by Mullen. I think everyone thought that the ball was going to go to Pons, and 
when they wound up to throw that home run pass, I was like, this is not going to end well. Figueroa caught it, and I was like, go to the basket, go to the basket. And then it ends up with a Clark three, who should not have been shooting a three in that case. Um, you got to go to the basket there. The refs were really, really blowing the whistle in the second half, especially in this game. Go to the basket, you might get fouled, and then you really just need to hit one at that point. But, um, yeah, you know, the overview, as I said, the Big East is down this year. We all know that. And at this point, you're 5-0. and That's really, you know, you've played three very, very mediocre to bad games, and you've won all of them, thankfully. You played one really, really, really complete game against Rutgers, and that really impressed me. And then the Loyola game was kind of a wash, obviously. But, you know, Bowling Green, Cal, and now VCU – three teams that you should have beaten a lot easier I think but at this point I'm not, I'm not going to complain that you're not winning impressively is that was that a word impressively uh, that you're not impressing me with these wins but at the end of the day you know they're 5-0 and and I don't think that they should lose a game in non-conference now they have some time off before they go and they play Georgia Tech or I'm sorry then no they play um uh, who was that? Maryland Eastern Shore, and then they play Georgia Tech. But the rest is not conference now. It's not very daunting. You should be 12 and 0 heading into Big East play because this was really the toughest stretch here. The Rutgers, Cal, and then again ended up being VCU. But as I said, you've played one complete game and you've gotten five wins. The schedule is going to get a little bit easier. It wasn't that challenging in the first place. It's going to get a little bit easier. At this point now, I think it's not crazy to say that you should be undefeated going into Big East play. Okay, so we're now going to flip to our interviews here. We have a couple of guys who reached out that they wanted to come on. So we're going to have first Nick Bello. Uh, He's with the Torch and he's with Big East Basketball Breakdown. He was there tonight. And we also have David G. Combs coming on the podcast as well. I believe he's with Rumble in the Garden. So uh, they're going to give their thoughts on the game. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'll be back on the flip side to uh, wrap this thing up here. Enjoy the interviews, guys. Okay, we now have on Nick Bello. He was there tonight with BigEastBasketballBreakdown.com. Also writes for The Torch and uh, does photos for them as well. Does a great job there. Uh, Nick, uh, sigh of relief. I'm sure that you're uh, you've uh, you're breathing right now after that win. But how are you doing tonight, man? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. It, it no, kind of was a tough one for them. Uh, I mean, honestly, great win for Johnny. Yeah, I, I think it's a good win, but I think that at the same time, you know, Shimori Pons kind of bailed them out a little bit at the end there. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned with how they've played in these last two nights. Frankly, they don't look like a team that's ready to take over the Big East, in my opinion. Um, you know, we all know that the Big East is down now. But these last two nights, I think that Shimori's really bailed them out with his play. But, you know, what can you say about Shimori Pons? He's just been unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I would have to agree with you 100% on that. Uh, the past two nights has really been the pod show here in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I mean, without him, really, they don't win a lot of games this, this year uh, that they've played because... I mean, if you think about it, he's, he's been there except for the Rutgers game where he scored eight points, but yeah, he's really bailed them out. He bailed them out last year, and it's going to be tough to see uh, what happens next year with them if you start thinking that far down the road uh, if he ends up in the draft. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not ready to go that far down the road just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to enjoy our la- uh, while we have him, you know, but um, you, you know, I 
I think it's it's just a little bit worrisome to me that they've played so far down to their competition this year. You know, the only game because I, I kind of look at the the first game of the year against Loyola as a wash, and I and I mentioned this before when I was recording. Um, you know, the only game that I think they've really looked good in was Rutgers, and they got up for that game, and I think that it was very easy to get up for that game it was a Friday night against a sort of a local rival. But these other three games, they've really played down to their competition. Um, I mean, are you noticing that as well? It seems like, or do you think that the effort's there, or do you think that they're kind of playing down to their competition? Uh, no, I agree that they're playing down to their uh, competition. Uh, actually, Mullen has been giving these teams that they've played the past couple of days a little bit too much credit personally to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, you know, they're two, they were two very good teams. And first of all, Cal was ranked in the power power rankings as last in their conference mm-hmm. in the Pac-12. And then this team tonight, you know, it's VCU, but they're not the VCU that was that they were with Chaka Smart, mm-hmm. who's now in Texas. Uh, but I mean, I just think the way that Chris Mullins talked about these two teams that they've played and teams that they've even played, like even Bowling Green, he, he talked very highly of them, uh, probably because they almost beat them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just, I think that they're playing down to their competition. And I think once Big East play comes, we'll, I mean, we're going to have to see where the, Big East, where the Big East is in terms of the AP poll at that point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not pretty. No, just that way. and another thing that wasn't pretty was a three-point defense. I mentioned it in my open. It's it's borderline ridiculous that it's been year after year that they just can't defend the three-point shot. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. They they when they switch, they don't switch correctly. They close out too slow. Is there any sort of a fix? Like what you've seen that practice? Do they work on like defending three-point shots in practice? Like like how can they fix this? Yeah, no, I agree that they're. Their closeout sight were horrendous. I saw, I think it was Justin Simon closed out. Didn't even have his hands up. <laughs> he just kind of chopped his feet and ran at the guy. I mean, it's, you know, I've never seen anything like this before. They're, they, they're pretty decent defensively otherwise. Yeah. But their closeouts are just, are, are awful. I'm not sure. I, and during the practice that we saw this year for, for the media practice, uh, they didn't really work on closeouts. They showed us, you know, that, like, a press drill that they kind of did, mm-hmm. which, again, is also caused a little, uh, some warning signs for me that I saw in terms of some, the way some of these players play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very, like, hard in their feet. They're, they, they get crossed up a lot. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like, what the fix is. I mean, just to maybe go back to high school and watch uh, <laughs> their coaches a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's something that this team is lacking a lot right now Mm -hmm. and that's that's what you mentioned and that's kind of what drives me crazy too is like without uh cdk now they're not doing i mean Rutgers kind of bullied them a little bit but these last two games they've done a decent job inside uh you know vcu got to the basket way too easy tonight but in terms of like offensive rebounds they weren't giving up a ton of, of second chance points in my opinion uh they played good press defense tonight they forced a ton of turnovers so it's really infuriating that the only thing that's really holding them back from being a, a very solid defensive team is the three-point shooting you know yeah it is and um you know the reason why they almost uh you know kind of blew last night too is they go to this one two two press that i like uh personally i, I, I used to play basketball in high school obviously mm-hmm. but I, I like watching it because Villanova ran a couple years ago with Ryan Archie Diakono, and mm-hmm. he was really good at it. But when that press breaks down for St. John's, they have trouble getting back on defense, and then they're, 
their closeouts, again, it, it doesn't help them at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure. I, it, it's, it's, the problems with them are more on the defensive end than the offensive end. Oh, I the agree. offensive end, they're fine. I agree. They're, they're fine. And then the, the defensive problems are very small, and they're so easy to fix, but they just haven't been fixed yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, you know, all things considered, they're very lucky to still be undefeated because they have not really looked good in, in three oh, of absolutely. of five games. You know, what, uh, what was your take, by the way, on that on that last play of regulation with the kind of the home run pass? I didn't hate it, actually. I, 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 I think I saw a lot of people weren't really complaining about the call, um, but you got to take that to the basket there, right? You can't, you know, settle for a three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that home run pass was a great idea, should execution obviously mm-hmm. um but yeah i didn't hate i didn't hate the idea of it i mean you're you, ha- you have to get the ball up the court somehow and like what was it five seconds they have left yeah so yeah i mean that's the only option you really have i mean it was a great play great, it was drawn up it's just the poor execution on on the scoring end of it mm-hmm. and i didn't think chris mullen did a terrible job tonight the one thing though that just that just killed me is i, I don't get why we're playing six and seven man rotations this is the time of year that you should be experimenting, you know, and, and you know, opening up your bench a little bit and, and you know, tinkering with some lineups. And they're playing six and seven guys. You, uh, you, you didn't hear in the broadcast, uh, the, the the play-by-play announcers were talking about how, how Shimori looked tired in the first half of this game. And I know it's a back-to-back, but this should be the time that they're experimenting and they're playing, you know, five and six or six and seven man lineups. It, it doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, I. I agree with you on that. They sh- they definitely should not be playing with these, you know, very small lineups. I mean, you have guys, uh, I mean, you have Marcel Arlington on your bench mm-hmm. who could grab a rebound when, I mean, you said that they, they I mean, overall tonight they did a very good job rebounding. Not yeah. on Flava has a rebound. But there's a stretch where I think it was just tired legs where they allowed maybe, I think, three offensive rebounds in a row. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Mar- Marcel was going to help with that or even some other guys. Uh, on the bench mm-hmm. so I mean yeah there's really no excuse and Mullen said even before the season started that he wanted to go to the bench a lot because he has those tools there mm-hmm. it's just he has, we haven't seen a lot of them being used so far mm-hmm. so I'm not sure what, what's up with that Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's that's just what bothers me is that we all we talked about was how much depth they have, and you know we're playing six and seven men. It's like it's like twenty uh, fifteen all over again with this team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what to say about that. Really. Yeah. Exactly. For too. <laughs> exactly. Um, any other takeaways tonight, man? Uh, no. Other than uh, the Giants gonna start inflicting heart attacks on people and. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, what was it next weekend when they play Georgia Tech down yeah. in Miami? Yeah. How they do with them? Um, I mean, Josh Pastor is a good coach, but that team is, is very poor as of late. Um, but yeah, it's it's hang on to your hats, Red Storm fans. It's it's gonna be a rough one this year. <laughs> yes, and uh, it's gonna be a very welcome week off from uh, after these last two nights. I think exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for reaching uh, out. No obviously. Problem. We're definitely going to have you guys all, all from the torch on, um, you know, multiple times as the season goes on. But, um, yeah, thank you. thank you for the report. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving, yeah, no man. Yeah, you too. All right. Have a good one. Right, you too. All right, bye. Okay, we now go to interview uh, number two tonight. It is David Combs. He is with Rumble in the Garden. He has also reached out and wanted to join us tonight. He was there covering this uh, heart-stopping win for St. John's. David, uh, your thoughts on the 
close win for the Johnnies tonight over VCU? Uh, frankly, I don't know how many games like this I'm going to be able to, to, to take. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nice that small. Uh, occasional opportunities to win ugly. But um, definitely not a way we can win consistently, especially in conference play. But uh, for a team that presses like that, I, I, I think the, uh, what was it? Uh, there's only a few turnovers. Yeah, nine turnovers. Mm-hmm. When I press and played ten guys, but I I'm pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that the if you want to go right into the turnovers, I mean, what well, they they forced what twenty two? I think they forced. They did an awesome job uh, with turnovers and really handling uh, VCU's you know you know the havoc that they have at VCU. They didn't really convert a lot of them though. I feel like they had so many like three on ones that just they they missed. They had the big one late with um, with Simon. You know, it, it just feel like they didn't really capitalize on a lot of those turnovers. Yeah, we only had twenty one points off of our twenty two turnovers. <laughs> exactly. You'd want that. You'd want that to be a little higher, but at the same time, we uh, we held VCU to only nine points off of their nine turnovers. So mm-hmm. um, at least the transition defense is nice. Uh, we just have to get that going. They'll have to get that going the other way eventually to. Be more mm-hmm. And you mentioned how you know they haven't really looked good. It's been kind of a couple ugly wins now. Uh, what's your what's your confidence level right now? Because I'm not terribly confident in this team, just with the way that they looked in these last two games and against uh, Bowling Green last week. Uh, I guess it's the expectation. Just if if it's making the tournament, how confident am I in that? I, I still feel really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They definitely seem like a top three Big East team, and I mean, if three teams can make it from the AAC last year, then I think three teams at least can make it from the Big East this year. Um, as far as any sustainable uh, run in the tournament, I I don't know. Uh, it's again, it's nice that we can win our ugly, but we're, I'm gonna with the schedule they have, we'll have to, we need to see some some blowouts to really have uh, uh, run confidence, at least for me. Exactly, that's just what concerns me. Is that you know. VCU, I, I'll I'll put a little bit a bit of a pass tonight. They shouldn't have won this game, but I'll give them a pass just because it was you know VCU is always a tough opponent. They're going to create havoc as we all know, um, and they're, you're coming off you know a back to back. But that Cal game last night and and Bowling Green that worries me that they're not blowing these teams out. And you know obviously they have a couple of uh, easier games coming up. Uh, you're right. I think we need to see some blowouts going forward. Yeah, we, I mean they've got some lower. Or in theory, less competitive teams coming up, um, especially I think a, like a, a week or so until they play Eastern. One of those schools from Maryland. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. We. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, just we'll, we'll need to probably see a couple blowouts uh, December before we play Seton Hall, and especially I like to see one of those games where. Uh, St. John's just decides that the other team's not going to score. I'd like to see a defensive better like that, sustainable for a whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you talk about the defense. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible tonight. Besides the three point shooting, you know, the the rebounding wasn't too bad. Um, you know, they didn't allow too many offensive rebounds. It didn't feel like. And, you know, but the, the three-point shooting, the closeouts were awful. They just didn't switch well. You know, is, is there any fix, in your opinion, to, to the, to the, to the uh, you know, three-point shooting defense at St. John's? Uh, well, it's uh, not from the rebounding. I, I think that's, that's something they, uh, Mullen, Coach Mullen said he was going to work on mm-hmm. going forward, more, more gang rebounding. As, as far as the, I mean, this is probably the fifth game where the, the opponents looked pretty good from deep. Mm-hmm. Um, as 
far as fixing that, I, I'm not sure. Um, as long as switching defense, so perhaps more time switching and knowing knowing when to switch, knowing how to switch. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's something that comes with time, but three-point uh, defense wasn't a strength of this team last year either. No, it's, so. I feel like it's never been a strength of them, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what can you say about Shamori Pons? Did uh, I'm guessing he was he was at the press conference after. Did he uh, did he have any uh, any words or what can you say about him? Uh, I, I think the most horrible thing he mentioned was I guess his last senior year of high school he missed a free throw in Barclays Center to lose a state championship. Yes, yeah. So apparently that was going through his mind as he um, during that last offensive possession. Oh, okay. Um, but beyond, but beyond that, he's a he was pretty reserved. Said it was a big win. He likes being a champion, and uh, it, it's something new coming in this year and winning a tournament championship early in the season, which is isn't something they'd done the previous two years. No, yeah. You know what? What I like about Shimori because obviously we've seen him take over games, but. You know, I don't know if he was really expected to have to do that this year. You know, with, with the scores that they have, and now he's had to do it two straight games, and he's done it. You know, you know that makes me, you know, that makes me confident in this team in close games when you know they're not getting what they usually get out of Heron and you know Figueroa and Simon. You know that Shimori can kind of take over these games still, and he's, he's fine doing that, obviously. So. A nice card up a sleeve, or a nice card up a sleeve. Once they get, uh, if they get to the tournament, but I mean, like we, like we saw at Rutgers, um, Mustafa can can go off, especially when they're playing a two man game between him and Shimori. Um, hopefully, that's just something about them all getting comfortable together, and uh, I, I just like to think that um, having to go to Shimori's just going to have to be a trump card, not something they have to play constantly. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, any other thoughts, man, before I let you go? Um, no, it's kind of, uh, kind of about it. I thought it was interesting that they brought in Greg Williams Jr. to play center for, for about less than a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things someone asked him if we were going to see more of the freshmen going into this um, arguably lighter stretch, and uh, Coach Mullen was kind of noncommittal about that. So that could be something to keep an eye on going forward. Oh yeah, let's hope that they that they get away from playing six and seven men, because I don't think it's a very sustainable thing uh, down the stretch for this team, or not down the stretch, but for the rest of the season for this team. Uh, I think eight's a good number. But, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Any, any, anything more than 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 six or seven, I think, is a good number, honestly. But um, <laughs> but uh, thank you, man, for coming on. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, we'll definitely do this again sometime. You know, we're, we're trying to get everyone on that wants to come on. So um, th- thank you for coming on and uh, giving us some report from from the Barclays Center. And uh, have a have a good uh, rest of your week. Have a good Thanksgiving and uh, have a good one, man. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, thanks for having me on. All right, have a good one, man. All right, bye. Okay, that just about wraps up our show for the night. Um, Thank you for all who joined Nick Bello and David Combs. Great job out of them, as usual. As I said, anyone who wants to stop in for an interview, hit me up. We will make it happen, especially if you're covering the game uh, like those two were. But even if you're a fan, you know, I want to get the uh the fan opinion as well so we'll try to work on that but you know at the end of the day we're going into thanksgiving we can uh we can table uh the the worries for a little bit to enjoy a nice uh thanksgiving meal 
on Thursday, and we have some time off. We have a week off before we take on Maryland Eastern Shore uh, next Tuesday. They're 5-0, and really shouldn't lose a game in non-conference play now as St. John's take goes on this quest and is in uh, the beginning of this quest to kind of retake the Big East. And, you know, those shades of 1985, it's off to a little bit of a rocky start. I think that we all thought it would be a little bit easier early in the season. But at the end of the day, five games, five wins for St. John's, and a couple of uh, gritty, gutsy wins in Brooklyn, led by Brooklyn's own Shimori Ponds. As we said, thank you to all who joined. Thank you guys for listening tonight. Um, you know, apologies if some of the audio was a little shoddy there. And uh, if this was kind of, you know, thrown together, it, it was a rapid reaction. So we're still working out the kinks on that. But any feedback for me is uh, more than welcomed as well. I want everyone to have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Uh, everyone enjoy their uh, Thanksgiving turkeys or whatever you eat for Thanksgiving. I will be back next week. Uh, we might do another rapid reaction, although I don't expect the game to be as close as uh, these two were, although I didn't expect these two to be very close either, and both of them were. So we might we might do a rapid reaction. We might just do a normal episode next next um, Tuesday and kind of uh, you know skip the game a little bit. But yeah, that just about wraps it up. As I said, everyone have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving, a happy and healthy week. Uh, you know, let your uh, blood pressure lower a little bit with this off week from St. John's Basketball. And I will be back next week with episode number seven of the Seeing Red Podcast. But for now, we are 5-0. and Everyone, exhale. We're 5-0. and Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.